Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our upcoming medium events happening on August 24th and December 14th. Tickets are sold out already for August, but they are still on sale for our December event. Very limited though. So I would suggest heading to the website if you're interested in that. It's by sarlo.com, upcoming events. Um, We also have personal sessions and gift cards available for people. You can purchase them at any denomination for the gift cards Mm -hmm. and you can do your sessions from anywhere in the world. So we do them by telephone, Skype, and FaceTime, if that's something uh, that you'd prefer to do, or if you can't be here in person. Mm -hmm. They're just as accurate and just as fun. Yeah, it's good to point that out, Kelly. I get asked that constantly, if uh, sessions in person are different than when we Skype, FaceTime, and telephone with people. And I always say to them, my favorite is telephone mm-hmm. because not being able to see somebody and still get all their medical information yeah. as well as medium, as well as, you know, remote viewing them and everything is a challenge and fun for me as much as it is for them to get the information. Yeah. I think it feels more like an affirmation if they know that we haven't seen them yeah, or met them before. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. So uh, we also have a smaller podcast show. And by smaller, we just mean shorter, which is called Sips of Sanity. And you can head to the website by Sarlo.com to see it there. Um, Very exciting. We've been working with Ed Regan for this episode, as well as the July episodes of Sips of Sanity. So there's finally visual to our our audio podcasts right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So as always, you've picked the topic for today's show. What are we doing? Well, I want to clarify because yes, I'm the one that picks it in the sense of I introduce it. Um, but quite often it's the spirit world that picks the shows. Right. And we do know that. And and people who listen to the shows know that because quite often I get it when I go to bed at night or when I'm in the shower in the morning, they, <laughs> they pick the shows. Mm. So today's show is uh, something that is near and dear to me. I think it is so important for people to hear this show. It and I'm going to explain how the whole thing kind of came about with a with a client call. Mm-hmm. And it actually began the night before she phoned. So when I went to bed a couple of nights ago, I went to bed crying. I mm-hmm. laid in bed and I was terrified that my son was going to kill himself. Okay. I was so upset to think that Andrew could would end his life. And what could I do? What could I do to do anything to help him? I felt desperate. And all of these thoughts were running through my mind of, did I make this mistake? Did I do that? I was, I was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then I remember at one point thinking and just hearing my own thoughts, I became aware of my own thinking. And I thought, oh, that's not what I'm thinking. Though that this, I have to be aware that this is somebody else's stuff. So put put it in the back of your mind and go ahead and go to sleep. So I was able to go, oh, okay, this is somebody else's stuff, right? This is the synesthesia. So I just remembered thinking, oh my God, if this is the synesthesia and I'm going to have a client call me and tell me that this is how they feel, Mm -hmm. then I can't go to bed. I have to send her love. I have to send him love. I I can't do that first. I I want to engage in the shamanic part and journey to their two souls together and send them love. So I laid in my bed and I thought, oh, don't let me fall asleep first. I have to journey first for them. So I journeyed first. And, you know, somebody might say, oh, you got in your ego. I accept. (laughs) I accept if anyone says that's my ego. Why? 
why can't that be the most compassionate, beautiful part of what a human being is? Yeah. So that you can sit there and think, geez, if I thought for a second that that was my life yeah. and how painful that was, and now I know someone else is experiencing that as a reality, yeah. why wouldn't you send love if you are a healthy human being? Well, it came through the next day. Okay. That, that's, and that's why I love that you can go ahead and explain that part to people but I also have to explain how I might question myself because that's fair. We also can question ourselves. Yes. Okay. So I ended up falling asleep and the next day was an absolute shit show. <laughs> it was a constant set of scenarios of every single client all day long was canceling right at the last minute. So I would get an email five minutes before a session saying, I just saw your email and I have an appointment with you in five minutes, but I'm, I'm still in my car driving. I can't make it. And I just remembered thinking, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sounds right. If you're in your car and you can't make it, you can't make it. And I think that I was in this place, Kelly, because prior to this, I had booked two appointments for my orthotics and both of them somehow that appointment went missing in my book and I was a no-show twice and I hate being a no-show. So when it occurred to me that somebody was a no-show for me, I just remembered the kindness I was given and I wanted to give that back to them. So when this lady canceled her appointment at the very last minute, I was totally comfortable just saying, no worries. Mm -hmm. it, you do whatever you need to do and off we go. And all day long this occurred. But what would happen is I would have within 30 seconds to a minute, a phone call saying, I have an emergency. Yeah. Um, can you see me right now? And I thought, isn't this just amazing? The universe just making way. The whole day for every single client. And so this person said, can you see me on telephone or can you take a telephone call? And I said, absolutely. We got on the phone and she goes, I've changed my mind. I want to see you face to face. Can we Skype? And I said, absolutely. Give me two minutes. I'm going to just shift rooms. So I ran up into the other room. We started Skype. And as soon as I sat down and looked at her, I heard in my head, it's her like this. From and it last was like, night. oh my God, seriously, that's awful. But I'm glad. So she started and said, whoa, whoa, for people just tuning in and don't understand our gifts, I'm glad that I know where to place the pain that I experienced right. last night, right? Yeah. Because in the synesthesia, if you're feeling exactly what yeah. another person feels, you want to know where it's where it belongs, essentially. Oh, absolutely. Because then as energy healers, we know what to do with it yeah. so that we can help the individual experiencing it. And you know what, Kelly? I was hoping then that all of the dreams all through the night that I had, all of the dream walking was also going to play out all in her session. Yeah. So that all of the work that we're doing all night long also plays out. Okay. So you saw her. So I began the conversation after I went through consent with her and I said, what would you like? And I'm thinking, I think I know exactly what she wants, but let's see how she's going to start this conversation. Mm -hmm. And she said, I just want medium. And I thought, okay. And I waited and I heard, hello, I'm her father. And, but she really wants to know about her brother, but she's asking for me. So I looked at her and I said, do you want your dad? And she said, yeah. And I said, but it's a little bit mixed up because mm -hmm. you want your dad to come through to talk to you about what your brother's going through. And she went, 
yeah, I need his advice. Hmm. And I said, so you rung me up looking for your dad's advice today. And she went, yeah, I couldn't think of a better person to ask. I need, I need my dad. Oh, not you. A better person to ask than my dad. Oh, that's adorable. Okay. Love it. She needs her dad. And I am tickled pink to think that I can do that for her. Her dad has died, but he's still there. And it's what we want to believe when we find out they've died. Well, I think that's the breath that we can take. Yeah. And if I can help somebody take a breath by the gifts that I'm using, by being the conduit for them, and they get to take a breath, (laughs) happy dance, Mm -hmm. right? That's the happy dance moment. So I'm thinking, okay, good. I've got a connection. It's kind of like all systems go because I can hear him going on. Now I'm engaging and I'm saying, okay, I need from the spirit world. I want all of his guides to come through and I need all of her guides. And where are my guides? Mm -hmm. Because I want to make sure I'm not crossing any boundaries. So my guides have to have my back. So I've got all systems go. All the guides are good to go. And he's in talking to me. And Mm -hmm. I feel so good. Because I know at some point now he's here for answers. So he says to me, "Um, she's worried her brother's going to suicide. And I'm like, okay. So I look over at his guides and go, is he going to suicide? And she thinks I'm asking his her dad. But I have to ask his guides. Yes. So I'm looking at his guides going, is he going to suicide? What is this? And they said, it's possible. It is in his contract. And I'm like, this is neat. I want to stop you for a second, because again, if people are just tuning in and don't understand the consent process, when you're channeling about a person who's still alive, we have to check in with their soul, which are their guides to make sure that we're allowed to answer those questions because they are not here consenting the same way the young woman is. That's right. And I'm not going to ask the dad who's crossed over for permission. It has to be his own guides. So the dad can give me information and say to his daughter, I love you. Mm -hmm. I love what you're doing for your brother. I'm here to give you as many answers as as I can. Mm -hmm. But I have my own set of boundaries in the spirit world. And those are the universal laws. So the spirit world has laws that you and I have to follow. And I think it's good for people to hear that we have rules. Oh, yeah. Because I think some people think that if you're a psychic or you're a medium. That you have control. That we have control over the spirit world and we have control over the clients. I um, The multiple jobs that both you and I have had over this lifetime, the least <laughs> control I've ever felt is in this career. Totally. I, and I, I surrender. Mm-hmm. I totally surrender to that whole system. Because I have seen thousands of times the reason why I follow their rules and not the humans. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that process. I value it or I'm in shit. Yeah. Okay. And I have no answers, by the way. I just make that constantly clear to people. I'm not the one with your answers. If they shut down the show, I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. So it was in his contract. That it is possible that he could suicide in this life. It's options. It is one of Mm -hmm. his options. And that he would very much dance with that idea. But it was part of his growth. It was part of his learning to value his life. And when she heard that, I just got a moment where she could just sit back. Where she could just say, this isn't on me to fix him. 
Hmm. This and then and that's where her dad came in and went, that's right, honey, it's not on you to fix him. Mm -hmm. It's okay. This is why I love you. You, you want, you desire, you care. Perfect. But that's where it ends. Bingo. That's the boundary. So he came in and gave her these tools. He came in and said, so you're looking for a toolkit to help your brother. I can help you with the toolkit. But his own spirit and him have this dance to do. This is their contract. And I can explain. We're going to go back and forth between dad and spirit guides to be able to explain and answer different questions. So sometimes I would have to shift and look at her dad and say, she wants to know what you think of that. Which is neat because if you've never experienced a session on your own, we literally do shift and look into different corners of the room to look at the guides. I like how you're explaining that. And I literally, I know I don't do it a lot when we're doing our podcast, but talking with our hands, I will say like over here, my air talk is your parent is over here. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. I like that. I, I found that the, that people who crossed over or when I was doing medium, I found a lot of them sat on my shed in the backyard. And then when I tore the shed down, <laughs> I have a picture sitting on the fi- above the fireplace and there's a bench mm-hmm. in the picture. And so now when I look into the picture, they look at me and go We're over here. Oh, it's like, it's like a Harry Potter <laughs> picture frame. Yes. Like- my, all my dreams come true. Kelly, I get to be Hermione. <laughs> like, like, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first person that sat on the bench was before I got the, the, the new shed. And I remember looking at it thinking, well, the dead people have moved from the shed into my picture frame. This is going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. It's creative. It's just, to me, it was just brilliantly intuitive. Anyway, back to our story. So she... She wanted to know what to do for her brother. And before she got into that, the spirit guides came in and said, hold up the bus. This is about your brother creating his own level of emotional intelligence, using his own creativity in this life, and engaging and connecting with himself. Mm-hmm. He constantly disengages from his own soul. Hmm. And she was just like, holy. And that's where it's none of your business. That's right. So you don't need to have a control over you don't need to feel a responsibility to but you can certainly sit back and add to his toolkit you can learn your own emotional intelligence and this was the key you learn your own emotional intelligence and then by being it by asking the questions you would ask of yourself that you might say to him an example being what do you need right now And letting him figure out what that question means for himself. Yes. Instead of putting her own projections about what she wants or what she needs on him. Yeah. And in particular, when you're losing or you think you're going to lose a sibling to a suicide, how much fear is going to drive that bus? Instead of what actually are in his best interests. Right? Because if we now become motivated by our own fear, we can sometimes not truly even see them, hear them, or value them because we're really scared about what we could lose. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they're not doing what we want. Yeah. And we don't recognize that we could become controlling and contribute to their feelings. Increasing her emotional intelligence was key in this because it was part of her own contract with her own soul. 
it was also part of her contract with his soul. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's cool how they, they intertwine yeah. because she has her own lessons to learn and he has his, but they can complement each other. Yes. But the other's life is not dependent or their life is not dependent on how the other behaves. Yeah. And imagine having to sit back when you love somebody so much and recognize that you can't control when they're going to live or die. Mm hmm. You can't control whether they're going to be happy or not happy. Mm -hmm. And I think it truly speaks to, on a very fundamental level, what we feel when we first birth a baby. Hmm. And and I relate it now, and it's something entirely different. I have eight brothers and sisters, so I can relate if it was one of my siblings that's going through this, Mm -hmm. versus can I relate if it's one of my own children going through this? I relate when the first day I brought Parker home. Oh, yeah. This fear like overwhelming love yeah and then pure panic of oh my god this this being that i love so much is going to die one day i think it's what we feel too when we first meet somebody yeah if we feel that oh there might be a connection here i might i might i might fall in love with this person and it's that feeling of i need more time yeah yeah and then i said to her in that session this isn't your first lifetime with your brother You've had many lifetimes with him and the contract reads that you'll have many more. And she went, oh, oh, mm-hmm. like this. And I said, does that help you somehow? And she went, yes. Yeah. To, do you mean to be okay that if his life did end, if he did make a choice in yeah. this lifetime, yeah. that there could be relief for her that, okay, until we meet again. Yes, Kelly, which is part of the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Till we meet again. Right. Mm. But it really brings it home that now, even though she might think, well, I can't, I can't stand the thought of losing this person. This is the person I love the most in the world. Like I can't imagine my life without him. And, and she may still feel that may still know that she's going to go through that. If he, if he chooses to lose his life or he chooses to give it up at this point, but then to realize, but okay, I can grieve but then I can also know that I'm going to see him again in the spirit world. And I'm also going to write more contracts with him. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. So, okay, what am I then going to work towards for the rest of this one with him? Mm-hmm. And it would be, be okay so that I don't create so much anxiety in myself that if it doesn't work, that I'm a failure. Hmm. Can it be a work in progress together? And I think, wow, what a beautiful way to word that. To be able to see relationships go from life to life as works in progress as opposed to I have to jam this in or I have to control or this can't happen Mm -hmm. and that that is a spiritual cue one of the things that I really love in channeling for people is talking about the ways that they find each other when one has passed so the affirmations Mm -hmm. that they get like the butterflies or the dragonflies to know that their loved ones are still around and they go yeah we did we said we'd be butterflies for each other but then to be able to say like you're saying well you you practice being butterflies in the past life Mm. and you've taken the affirmations from lifetime to lifetime and Mm -hmm. then it's like 
what what do you mean we've done this before and mm-hmm. we chose this affirmation and i'm pointing that out because it's mm-hmm. it's um a muscle mm-hmm. that needs to be strengthened is the spiritual aspect or the intuitive aspects of ourselves right. and in contracts with one another we can practice that together and build those strengths so if one does pass sooner than the other or very early on in life yeah. you can still spend that time together practicing yeah and I, th- I think it's good because some people will make comments about well I went to therapy and they said I'm not moving forward I'm I'm stuck in grieving mm-hmm. if I keep thinking about this person and I would say well no it's a relationship from life to life mm-hmm. so of course you're going to keep thinking about this person or you're going to keep including them in this lifetime with you that's a very natural healthy thing to do if you're doing it healthily you may be doing it unhealthily, but that would be something for you to sort through how that looks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think when you're given the proper support, you can move from the batshit crazy that I'm sure I would feel if I lost you and that out of control feeling, but you can move into or through the grief to come to a place of creativity and fun in the in the new form of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I go back a little bit to some of the tools of that they talked about? Um, one of the things that, that um, the, his spirit guide said was to ask her brother, his guide said to ask him uh, on earth was, does he listen to men or women? Does he value um, one sex over the other? Does he listen and value based on that he can resonate with something? Or what does he do? And I thought, that's really cool. That's interesting. I wonder why they're suggesting that. And she said, oh, no, I, I can tell you, he, he, he listens to women more than he does men. And I said, oh, why is that? Oh, because he's really close to my mom. Like he really, he really values my mom. Mm-hmm. And so if he'd, he would pick a female therapist, he would pick um, girl, like female friends to listen to versus his guy friends. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? So when I asked about his past lives, that was something that he'd gone through in past lives where when he trusted other men, when he was also a male, they had abused him. Mm. And so this was something he was to overcome in this life. And she went, well, that makes sense as to why he's feeling stuck. And I want to get to this now. He's feeling stuck. He's feeling hopeless in this life. And it has a whole lot to do with our systems around us in our society that he's angry with. So part of the reason why he wants out of this life, why he doesn't want to be on earth anymore, doesn't have to do with the fact that he doesn't love his his mom or his sister, but the fact that he feels hopeless because he can't find a job. He feels hopeless because friendships don't have integrity. Hmm. He feels, and isn't, isn't that something? He, he feels hopelessness because he gets made fun of when he tries new things he feels hopeless because there's criticism inside his head because over and over you're hearing societal abuse totally he feels hopeless because of what he watches on tv what he gets in movies the types of music that he listens to the drinking and the partying that goes on in the social part aspects of his life the video games that the friends hang out and play He feels hopeless because he can't find meaning in any of these things because, yeah, you might play video games with your friends, but while you play video games, don't you actually have a decent conversation and connect to each other? Some guys and girls that play video games would say, yeah, we do. But if you're not one of them, 
then you're not really connecting. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a really good point that shouldn't be pushed aside. You're not connecting. So depression is disconnection from all of the most important things in life, yeah. from community, from self, from spirit, from purpose. Yeah. And, and another thing that came up in the session was feeling hopelessness since Trump won, since the United States is turning the world upside down. A hopelessness and I and I wanted to bring this up I'm not shying away from this in this show I will not it, it's political to say but I don't care sessions can become political and they can be factual and that's fine that's right we are in a crisis mode and I don't think anyone would deny that except the white men and only some at that yes so he's seeing a lack of leadership he's seeing a lack of integrity and a lack of change yeah and he's seeing a lack and this is a big issue that the dad came through to talk about. He's not seeing the men in his life stand up for the other men, for the other women. And this is putting him into a quote unquote silent rage. Mm-hmm. So it's he's imploding it. It's, he's turning it all inward. And so she said, well, I'm glad to know that. I'm glad my dad's telling me this and yeah. his spirit guides because now I can talk to him about what to do with the anger. Yeah, and I think that's something that doesn't really get brought up when we hear about suicides. And we've had, well, I shouldn't even say we've had a slew of them recently. They're constant. Oh, yeah. They are silent rage. Mm -hmm. People think, oh, they were so sad. They were so quiet. They were so depressed. It's silent rage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and quite often they feel like it's not acceptable to blow up the rage in society on this person, that person. Or at the dinner table. Yeah. So instead, the rage sits within them and Mm -hmm. it turns into a hopelessness instead of an action. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that today because they were told to go listen to the podcast show for the universal laws. And in particular, the one we did in June on action, Mm -hmm. the ones we did on accountability, holding himself accountable to what action he could take. Mm -hmm. Whether society is or isn't. Correct. Yeah. There was so much in that. There was so much that I could resonate with personally Mm -hmm. in the sense of my own feelings. If I go to, if I can feel hopelessness with what's going on around me, Mm -hmm. but if I can get up and the universe can contrive to have one client miss a session and cancel because they got stuck in traffic, but download all the information into me the night before for the new client, for the new client that's going to call at the very last minute because that night her brother showed up at her house and had this conversation with her. So I said to her, did your brother show up last night? And would it be around between eight and nine o'clock? And she said, yeah. And I said, did you go to bed crying because you were in a panic that after he left, Mm. he could go home that very night after your conversation and take his final action? And she said, yeah, I went to bed crying. I cried myself to sleep. And I said, me too. And she went, what? I said, me too. And she said, oh, are you going through the same thing? And I said, no, no, no. I mean, me too. I cried with you. Mm -hmm. All of your stuff came in for me last night. And when I went to bed at 10, I just laid in bed in a fetal position and cried. And I realized it wasn't mine, that it was for someone else. I didn't know your name. I knew it was for somebody else that I was going to see today. You are my first client. 
And she just sat there and said, is it okay if I say thank you? Is it okay if I say I'm glad you cried with me? And I said, absolutely. I said, because you need to know you're not alone. You need to know that his spirit already knows all this. Your dad already knows all this. There's a team on the other side that already know it. And she goes, oh, good then. Can they stop it? Well, I wanted to say too, that I'm glad that you had a client that thanked you. Because as much as you can say yes, because you need to hear that you're not alone, you and other practitioners like us also need to hear that that is something that people are grateful for. Mm -hmm. that it is something that is appreciated, that it is something on some level, probably never the whole level, is understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is the connection. We want to believe that we are that connected to one another, Mm -hmm. that we can be that deeply loved and understood. And Mm -hmm. you gave that to someone and they said, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. I think too what came through that, Kelly, is that she found out that night that her dad knew it all. Yeah. She found out that her dad was coming through, even though he had died years and years ago, he still knew what was going on for both of his kids. He still understood it. And he knew that she was still looking for his thoughts. She still wanted to know if he could fix it, which is maybe something until we totally individuate, we still wonder if somebody's going to fix it for us. Or to know that our parents are taking care of us. Right. Even if it isn't our version of fix, mm-hmm. that we are still being taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't. He, he, he's, you're correct. He didn't come through and say, here's how you're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. I think what he did was amazing in that he came through to say, you have some of your own stuff to fix. Mm-hmm. You have some of your own things you could work on. Can they help your brother? Perhaps. And I'll say, yes. The answer is Yes. yes, if he's open to it and if he's doing his own work. But the biggest thing was, here's how you can be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because one of the most frequently asked questions in sessions is, is my child going to be okay? Is someone going to be okay? Whoever it is they're concerned about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He told her to praise him when he makes small steps. Mm-hmm. celebrate yeah celebrate the the tiny things that he does achieve so if he gets up in the morning good for you mm-hmm. <laughs> because it can be a masterfully huge thing to oh my do God, yes just to get out of bed um just to get through another day tell any canadian that on the dead of winter yeah to wake yeah. up when the sun isn't shining or yeah oh absolutely so she said Or he said to her, make sure that you celebrate the small steps or that you acknowledge the small steps for him, that you encourage him when he's making mistakes. And this goes back to our people-pleasing session for July. You have the right to make mistakes. You got it. And this is key to suicide. You have the right to make mistakes. You have the right to not be criticized. You have those rights. Those core rights we talked about in that show are often the things that people who want to suicide don't believe they have the right to. Hmm. And I think it's important that they have that resource to go listen to those right now. Mm -hmm. And any other way that they can get those. So if you hear in a song, if you hear Beyonce singing, you have the right to be respected, listen to her. 
listen to those songs, watch those shows that say that you have the right to be respected. If you're watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, no, because it flat out teaches you you don't have a right to be respected by watching that those types of behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I'm picking on those two shows That's in particular. Fine. I hate those two shows mm-hmm. because they absolutely teach people that they shouldn't be respected, that it's okay to date multiple people. Well, and that you should expect insecurities. Yeah. That you should expect unfaithfulness, that you should expect that your partner won't be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And then once they pick you, not that you pick them equally, mm-hmm. but that they pick you that you should tolerate the rest of the abuse for the rest of your life. That's what those shows have set us up to believe Mm -hmm. flat out. And that's where people can go down the rabbit hole of depression, thinking that all people believe those things. Well, and these are the systems that you're talking about. This young man felt hopelessness about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's important. It's important if you're sitting there and it's playing in your own home. Mm-hmm. It's important if you're sitting there thinking, this is the fun thing I get to sit and watch with my spouse or my partner. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What are you subconsciously buying into? That's right. And what are you subconsciously wanting to think about your own life or your own relationships? And so she was coached that day through the spirit world, which I know you're a life coach. I don't want to take away no, anything that's okay. about your certificates for life coaching. There's something way cooler about being coached by a dead person. Yes. And I love the fact that her dad was life coaching. Where do you this think my coaching comes from? <laughs> yeah. And his spirit guides wanted, wanting to come through mm-hmm. to say these things, these responsibilities, these universal laws are his to learn. Mm-hmm. They're on the internet. They're in books. They're on podcast shows. He has to pick the device, the way, the methodology of wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the things that was so beautiful about what the dad said. Just go back to the love of learning the two of you have. And it was like, oh, that's a really cool statement. I get that because I've yeah. had a love of learning. You have a love of learning. Mm-hmm. I know people and some people in my family groups have a love of learning. But boy, it's clear as a bell to me, the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. Well, because they want more control. They want more control. They have more pain. Mm-hmm. They suffer more. And longer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Until they figure that out. So he came through to say that. Um, what else did he say? Oh, I liked this one. <laughs> he told her to take breaks from him. From her brother? Hey, that's smart. That's a good piece of advice in any relationship. Take breaks from one another. Yeah. He said, take breaks. And he told, taught her the value of taking a break. And he even referred to the fact that in their relationship, she would go off for many days and many weeks, not checking in with him, not looking for the butterflies. She was just living her life the way she wanted to live it. She wasn't always checking in with what did dad think, or I think I have to think of dad today. She took her breaks from him too. And he was like, I'm all cool with that. It reminds me a lot of our relationship where when you and I haven't seen each other for five minutes, I'll walk into the room and go, mom. And there's just, there's excitement again. There's delight. It's not yeah. minute by minute weighed down with each other's stuff. It's not minute yeah. by minute weighed down with what the other one's doing, if they're doing things right or the way I want it. It's just a delight 
in their presence. Yeah. You can just experience them for who they are. Well, I think he was trying to, what you're trying to say and what he was trying to say is you need to learn to be interdependent. Mm. He needs to learn interdependence. Codependence creates depression. Ooh, and I love that because if she stays on the fixed track of how do I fix things for him, then her own codependence can strengthen his depression. And I'm not using the word strengthen in a positive way here. Right. I'm saying it reinforces his depression. Intensifies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what a very cool way to say that, right? Yeah. So here she is saying, I'm terrified. My brother might suicide. He might kill himself. He's depressed. And her dad in the spirit world are saying it's the perfect time for interdependence. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect time to individuate because as you do it, you're going to give him the tools to come out of his depression. Well, you physically have room Mm -hmm. to do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything if you're suffocated Mm. other than suffocate. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. That's what people mean when they say they need space. Well, and, and I think sometimes if we hear that or we feel that somebody may be thinking of ending their own life or they're depressed, that we want to rush in. And that's when we want to do all of the things that make it worse. And we don't realize that we've contributed to it. Mm-hmm. We think in horror that we've done that. Mm-hmm. We, it's not, it may not be the intention, but it is triggering our own patterns. And I think what we really have to look at sometimes when somebody's considering not staying on this planet is that maybe what they're also trying to say is, hmm, is this a good time to break some patterns? Neat. And it's just rewording what a depression is. Mm-hmm. It's just rewording and saying, hmm, you're in a depression. Cool. Is this your time to change a few patterns? Is this a time to, to self-evaluate? Mm. Is this a time to start something new? Is this a time to recognize a failure and forgive yourself. So the dad and his spirit guides came in and they literally gave her a list of about 10 questions that she voice recorded. Oh, excellent. And then I pulled out a little, you know that when you buy the five for uh, five for a buck coiled notebooks like at the dollar store. Mm-hmm. So I whipped one off my desk and I showed it to her and I started flipping the, the sheets so that, and she goes, what are you doing? And I said, write one question per page. Just like cue cards. Yes. And so if he calls you, if you're having coffee together, put the flip thing out and and look at better questions instead of, so what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Like ask different questions so that his thought patterns are guided instead of to what's wrong and everything that's wrong, Mm -hmm. keeping him exactly where he is. Ask him a different question. Engage. Engage differently. What is right? Like anything, change your EQ questions. So we ended up showing her the flip chart. Mm-hmm. We gave her a whole list of questions to put on it so that she had a tool. So that when she got off of that conversation, which was only a half hour call, that she could come out with it, come out of it with something new, which I think is what she was looking for when she wanted to talk to her dad. Because if I'm trying to reach out and say to someone else, what do I do? The question is, what I'm really saying is nothing I'm doing is working. I don't know what to do. How do I change my own patterns too? He also asked her who else supports him. 
Did he ask her that question for her? Yeah. Okay. So that she didn't feel like it was all on her shoulders. Yeah. Whether he lives or dies, what his choices are. Um, but also to ask him that question, who else supports him? Mm-hmm. So that he could understand you can't put that all on one person's shoulders when you're in this place in life. You didn't get there in one day. You're not going to get out in one day. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need a team to support you. He had what they were referring to as kind of a, I don't know what you call it, Kelly. I call it something like an itis, like a North America itis, but it's not. Yeah. Where he wasn't being held accountable. And he didn't want anybody to hold him accountable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we're really seeing now. Yeah. That nobody's going to hold me accountable and I'm not going to hold myself accountable to anything. That I'll fire everyone in the White House if they try to. Oh, true. This is what we're getting at. I I hadn't thought of that. I had just thought how I see it in so many people of all ages now. Yeah. I can step out in front of a car. I can do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I can be wrong and it doesn't matter. I know I'm wrong and it, but you are describing Trump to a T, but I see it in most and many people now that nobody's going to hold me accountable. I can do what I want. The ultimate temper tantrum. But when we have that kind of temper tantrum and we don't have a moral compass inside, we don't connect to our own souls to be able to say we're out of control Mm -hmm. or you're sabotaging your own life now. And other people along the way. Yeah. So if we don't, if we want to walk around saying, I'm going to hold myself accountable, nobody else is going to, then you can't sabotage yourself in that process and not hold yourself accountable Mm -hmm. because that is what creates depression. That is what creates a desire to get off the planet. Because really, you have no respect for anybody else and you have no self-respect. And that really puts you into a place of, well, now, holy cow, if I'm at that place, what is the purpose of life? Yeah. Right? Oh, God, yeah. And we are seeing it. You're right. That is what Trump is doing and the Republican Party. It's not just one person there. That has to be a team of people doing that. Mm -hmm. But I'm seeing it in so many other people as well and in her brother. And I said, is that correct? And she said, oh, absolutely. He listens to my mother, but he actually, and he does want to say he respects her. But if she suggested something, he wouldn't really listen. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks he's never wrong. And so here you're seeing when somebody doesn't think that they're ever wrong or that they can ever take advice or ever try something somebody else suggests, they put everybody else down, they get hypercritical about everybody else, they end up getting hypercritical about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is a spiral that really is that destructive. Mm. To the point of suicide is what you mean. Yes, to that point. So his spirit guide said, this is what he's done in other lifetimes. This is why he's back at the same spot. This is, this is Groundhog Day. This is repeating over and over again, but life to life. And interesting that the sister would be the one to check in on him. And they're saying, if he's repeated this from lifetime to lifetime, how are you contributing to it? And are you going to stay stuck in the same contract? Yeah. Because if he's not willing to rewrite a contract in yeah. life, for himself or with you, how do you want to live? (laughs) From this point? Who do you want to be? And from this point forward now? Yes. For the rest of this life? 
and for all of the other lifetimes and all of the rest of those contracts, which is what I know is what you're saying, just spelling it out again. But it had to be spelled out to her in that way. And she sat there and went, I think I get this. That's good. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. Because if she chooses to get it, what she now has in that friend, that relationship with her brother is freedom. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think in, in terms of cliches, and you know how much I hate those, that is what we're referring to when we use cliches like, I want to step into my own power. Yes. Power is holding your own toolkit and knowing how to use them. Yeah. And, and and letting other people have their own toolkits. So whatever toolkit he's got, you let him figure that out. If you want to throw that little curly, you know, card or the Rolodex of papers and questions. Yeah. And you put it down on the coffee table and he gets up and walks out the door without that. Then he's saying again, I'm sabotaging mm-hmm. and you don't have control over my sabotage. And ultimately, that's what all therapists truly do understand about suicide is Mm -hmm. that nobody has control. That's the level of control they want. Mm -hmm. And so she had to be able to recognize that level of control and say, good to know. Good to know. That's where he's at. So that I don't expend all of my energy and hammer energetically hemorrhage out to him. Destroying my own life. Mm hmm breaking my own contract with my own soul that I was supposed to mature in this process as well. I love it. I think this is a really nice follow-up to July's Sips of Sanity. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, talking about people-pleasing because she can stay in that role if she chooses to and sabotage two lives, minimum, or she can step into her power and choose who she wants to be. Oh, and can I speak on behalf of her mother for a quick second? The mother being alive? Yes. Okay. I'd like to clarify. Yeah, I I just want to just go there for just a quick moment. Could you imagine watching your son live that kind of life where nobody can tell him anything? Mm -hmm. That that ego and the the fears are so big to lose control Mm -hmm. and know that you contributed to that damage. So you grieve that. Yes. And you may be watching your, your son giving up his life alive as well. Not just that he's died, but giving up his life as he's living. Mm -hmm. And then to turn around and to see that your daughter may engage in that and lose hers too, Mm -hmm. would be a double grieving. Mm -hmm. And instead she can look at her daughter and see, okay, she's getting healthy. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I love Mm -hmm. the topic. Thank you. Yeah, I I thought it was so, so important, given, as you said earlier, and I totally forgot, so I'm glad you brought it up, what's happening in the United States, because it is a global, because it's the president of the United States, it's being seen all over the entire planet. Mm-hmm. And that it's means... It's broadcasted. Yeah. And that means every single spirit that is part of our existence here and all of our soul contracts here are watching us. Mm -hmm. And what it comes down to is individual responses. Mm -hmm. Every single one. And I think to some degree, that is what we are hoping for when we see somebody like a Trump doing what he's doing. We have to have hope that each person one-on-one, privately, personally, does exactly what they need to do. To wake up. Yeah. Awesome. Mm Mm-hmm.
Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit afraid at the beginning that it was going to be so heavy. Well, um, we've done heavier shit than this. Hmm. And we know from statistics that some of the heaviest topics that we've talked about are the most listened to, which I think speaks volumes of listeners mm-hmm. that they are seeking, that they are desiring something for themselves. I think that's amazing. And, and I hope, Kelly, that if people listen to today's show and didn't have this issue of suicide in their life, past or current, or possibly in their future, that they can at least listen to this and relate it to other things in their life about people who sabotage, whether they're the ones that do it themselves, and that was our that's our people pleasers too, and it's also our narcissists. Both patterns are self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. And we have to equally watch the bully as we do the people pleaser because they are both destructive for the collective good of our society. Mm-hmm of our species. Good. Yeah. Okay. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. Mm-hmm.